You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 109. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so, so much as always for listening, and not only for listening, but sharing your wonderful support in last week's episode and in helping to have Brene Brown come on the show. I have wonderful news to share on the Brene Brown front. She is coming on The Lively Show in January of 2016. I cannot wait to share this episode with you guys once it happens and it's ready to air, so stay tuned for that. In addition, something I've done for the last two years in the holiday season, I like to do something called the Week of Giving. Typically, the Week of Giving has looked like five different things that I was giving away. Some of them were freebies you could download, others were things that you could win, etc. This year, I'm doing something totally new and I'm so excited to share it with you. It is a intuition mini course. You guys have heard me talk about the intuition how many times on this show so far over the last two years. There's been a lot. I'm not sure exactly what the total count is, but I will say that I get a lot of people asking me how to access their intuition. I always like to reference the writing to your intuition exercise that I find personally most powerful, but I've also shared four other ways beyond the writing exercise that you can start to tap into your own internal wisdom to get the clarity you seek. I've created this as a mini course that is just 60 second videos for five days in a row to give you those five tools to access your intuition in different ways in case one works better for you than the others. To sign up for those one minute long videos over the course of these five days, but it'll also still be available after this week as well. So don't worry if you're listening after this week of giving has aired, it's gonna stay live over at jesslively.com slash intuition mini course. So check that out if you wanna give it a shot. Like I said, totally free one minute videos with five exercises over the total five days so that you can start to access your intuition in a variety of ways beyond just the writing exercise. And now let's move on to today's guest. Today we're talking with Jen Hansard, the co-founder of simplegreensmoothies.com. Jen's co-founder, Jada Selner, came on the show this summer and shared, so you may remember the Simple Green Smoothies platform, And I've seen so many people share on Instagram in particular with the Simple Green Smoothie community that they found out about the brand and the company through this show. So thank you guys for that. And now you guys get to hear the other co-founder side of the story. So Jen's going to share, of course, the background of how she and Jada got started in her own personal journey as well. But what I am most excited about is that Jen happened in 2015 to have the same focus and challenge in her own life that I'm focusing on in 2016, which is facing our fears. In the past, I've been someone who's really ascribed to this idea of the strengths finders, focus on your strengths rather than your weaknesses. And I've always seen fears in some way, whether it's logical or not, as kind of a weakness. If it's not something I'm excited about, then I shouldn't focus on it. I should focus on my strengths instead. This year, I'm excited to kind of question that and say, really, is a fear a weakness or is a fear just a fear and moving forward will make me feel more empowered? That's what I'm choosing to lean into and to really look at in a deeper way. And Jen's been doing that all year. So she's going to share her experiences facing her fears of heights and public speaking, what that has actually been like and the nitty gritty of facing those fears 
and how we can learn from that, feel inspired that she was able to face them and move forward in the face of fear and do it anyways. I'm so excited to share it. So let's get started. Let's go to the show. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome, Jess. I am so excited to have you here. Tell us how you got to where you are. Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles. That's where my parents still live, actually. They're in the same house that I was born in. So I've had a very stable, steady childhood. And then I went to high school and met my future husband (laughs) when we were 16 years old. And he was heavy into punk rock. And so we used to go to punk rock concerts and do all that fun stuff when I was 16, 17. And I remember one time my mom told me, Jen, you are having too much fun. <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, there's no such thing, mom. And that was when I decided like, I am having fun, but there's not too much and I'm going to keep pursuing this. So Ryan and I, which is my husband, we continued to date. I went off to college. He did as well. And we actually transferred to the same college eventually and both got art degrees. I got mine in graphic design and also in print journalism. These were two passions of mine and I could not figure out. And so I didn't want to settle. So I set out to conquer both of them and be masters in them both. So that's what I did and went to Cal State Long Beach to do that. Graduated from there. While I was graduating my final year of college, I started interning at a big ad agency in Santa Monica and became an art director there. I was still in college, art directing, and feeling like I was on top of my game, but super young. I grew really confidently at that time, and I also became pregnant with my son at that same time. So just as my career was taking off and I was finishing school, we also decided it was time to have a kid, and it was totally planned. It wasn't an oops kind of thing. So then we had our son, Jackson, and I decided to stay home at that time which was interesting because Ryan and I always talked and we said, when we have kids, he was going to be the one that would stay home and I would work because I loved working. I love being productive. But once Jackson was born, I just didn't feel like that was what I needed anymore. I needed to be there with him. Did that surprise you? It did. And it was such a hard choice. I remember my job called, I think it was like three weeks after Jackson was born and they offered me a better position. I was weighing it out. What I do with decisions like that is I really think about how that would look, not just that actual position, but how that would affect my life. And so one of the things would mean that my son would be in daycare because at that point, my husband was still working and we couldn't transition out of that. And so how would that affect us? Like having our son in daycare, what would our dynamic be? And I just decided I wasn't willing to do that at that moment. And so I turned that down. But at the same time, I turned that position down. I also said yes to myself and gave myself permission to start my own business. So I created Hansard Studio and had my own online design studio and did it from home while Jackson was sleeping or doing his own thing. I would work on building up my own website and branding myself and bringing in clients that needed help with building up their brand as well as creating a website. And so I did my first entrepreneurship gig from that moment. What's the transition or what's the story behind going from Hansard Studios to Simple Green Smoothies? So at that same time, I was in a mom's group in Studio City. I'd just go down my apartment stairs with the stroller and walk over to the park. And we'd have all of these blankets that all the moms would bring. And we'd put our little babies on it, drink our coffee, and just talk together. And we were all strangers that just found each other through meetup.com. 
and bonded over having our first little kid. One of those moms that I got to know through that was Jada Selner. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So her daughter was Zoe. But so Jackson was like a newborn and Zoe was six months old crawling around. We just started to talk through that. We weren't great friends at all, but we knew each other. And she knew that I was I had my own design business and that I was doing stuff with that. I even designed the logo for our mom's group, which we ended up calling the Valley Mom Social Club. That's cute. Yeah, it was really cute. It was the best group of women that I could have ever had in my life at that time. And we all agree and we're still great friends. For a couple of years, we would do retreats together and the husbands would watch the kids at home and all the moms would go out to Palm Springs. We went to Ojai one year and just spend time together. Like it was true friendship through it all. So that's how Jada and I first met. But we ended up moving apart. She moved to Hawaii quickly after that. And I ended up moving into the suburbs again out of Studio City and then over to Florida. It was when I was in Florida and she was in Hawaii that she reached out to me to start a newsletter. She wanted to do a parenting newsletter and asked if I would design it for her because she always admired my design. She was seeing my stuff on social media. And so she reached out, was asking me if I could do this for her. I said yes. And I'd give her the friend discount of $75 for this logo and newsletter header, which I was definitely underpriced for what I was doing and what my skills were. But I really just wanted to help people. And I know that at that time, she couldn't afford much either. That was a way we could make it work for both of us. So how did you guys transition into Simple Green Smoothies and decide what your roles individually were within the company? From that moment, I started doing the design on this newsletter header and asking her questions about like the vision of this business and what was she thinking. And she really saw it as an online marketing system running through a newsletter. At that same time in my life, I was getting into mommy blogs and Design Sponge was a huge website that I had a crush on too. And I had this idea of starting a parenting blog for myself. And so as Jada was talking about her newsletter idea, I decided to share with her my dream of creating this parenting website. I felt like our ideas were so similar, but different enough that if we combine them, they could really be powerful. And so that's what we did. We agreed to be partners on a parenting website called Family Sponge, and we wrote up a contract and shared what our genius zones were that we could each bring to the partnership. I agreed to do the branding and photography and creative direction, and she agreed to run the marketing and social media part of it. And together, we would do the writing and content. And so that's where we started. We worked together on that business for over a year of hustle. It was 40 hours a week. We were working so hard. And at the end of the year, we found out that we had made nothing when we took out expenses from website hosting and doing giveaways that we had to pay for ourselves, that there was no money actually coming into the business. And we both needed money to be coming into our lives at that point. My husband and I were living in Florida, and we became unemployed. We were on WIC, which is a government program to help pay for groceries for our kids. And we also had no health insurance. So we were in a dark place personally and felt this business was our way to get out of that dark hole. And I was willing to work so hard in it to make it succeed because I needed it for us. But it wasn't. Jada and I realized, like, this is not working. But we didn't give up. At that point, we knew that green smoothies were incredible because in our own lives, we were drinking them. It was a way for my family to stay healthy without having health insurance to back us in case we did get sick. 
So every day we would drink a green smoothie for breakfast to get all of those vitamins in our bodies and keep our immune system strong and make it without getting sick. And it worked. And so we wanted to share this through our parenting website and also create an ebook about it. Jod, I had a friend who also said, you guys should really start an Instagram account where you show people what you're blending every day because you guys are really doing this. Like show them the pictures of what you're doing. And on Instagram, it's such a hot space for diet and wellness and recipes. And it's so visual and you guys take great photos. And so we started that account and took photos of these recipes and it took off so fast. Jada was handling posting everything and commenting Within a couple months, we had over 30,000 followers on Instagram for a green smoothie account. (laughs) That's crazy. So have you guys kept your genius zones? I love that's what you call them. Since then, is that transferred from the mother website to the Simple Green Smoothies brand? It's definitely had shifts over the years. And being a startup, we realized you can't always stay in your genius zone because there's also stuff that has to get done. So I would say for the most part, we do that. Jada's Genius Zone has shifted a little bit to focus on community growth. And so her energy goes to building up Facebook and Instagram and also community happiness. So she makes sure that everyone's responded to through email. Any comment on our Instagram account is answered because we are huge believers in no comment left behind. Anyone that's willing to spend a moment or five minutes writing to us deserves to be acknowledged for it. And so we are passionate about doing that. And so that's what she handles. And then I run the side of the business that we call community experience. And that has to do with the experience of what people get out of being a part of Simple Green Smoothies. The moment they land on our website, how does that feel to them? Is it welcoming? Is it giving them that thing that they're missing in their life? Is it making them feel healthier or want to blend a smoothie? And then from there, it goes into the emails that we send them. And how are we talking to our community? How are we being real with them and honest and also engaging with them? And then it's product creation too. What are their needs? What are they looking for? And we always ask this question, what are you struggling with right now? Because we want to help them solve that. And so we'll create products around that. And we have a Fresh Start 21 cleanse that has been such a huge game changer for so many people in our community that would start with drinking one green smoothie, but just feel stuck after that. They were still eating tons of crap and feeling like crap, and they had enough of it. And so they needed to find a way to just break off from that world. And so we created a 21-day cleanse where all they're eating is plant-powered food. There's no gluten. It's vegan-friendly. Oh, man, I can eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. This is interesting. I'm going to address this because I got someone that asked me a question once, and it was directed about online business, but they actually singled out Simple Green Smoothies. So for that one person or many other people that might be having this question in their heads, I think I know the answer to this, but I'd love for you to share it. So they said, you know, how do people survive and create this team and have this big business when they basically sell one product and most of their stuff is free? How are they making a living and not only for themselves, but other people? Can you answer that? Because actually they said, I don't understand how Simple Green Smoothies is so financially successful because what they look at is the free 30-day program and one product. Would you mind going into that? Well, for us, we are so big about creating a community and we've done that so well. We have hundreds of thousands of people that follow us now. 
And they don't follow us because they have to buy something. They follow us because we have so much free content and it's actually changing their lives so they can trust us. So every day on social media, we share free green smoothie recipes and not just like a a teaser of the recipe. We actually put the full recipe in there because that's what I would personally want. And there's times where it's crossed our mind, like when we're starting out, shouldn't we actually just give them a teaser and then have them go to our blog so we can get more traffic through that and give them a chance to maybe find something to purchase with our cleanse? But we've realized that our number one priority is serving our community. And we do that with this free content and transforming their lives with a green smoothie. The more they trust us and know what we're doing is actually legit, then they want to go further. And so buying our one product, our $75 Fresh Start Cleanse, is actually a really easy choice for them to make when they get to that place. And because we have such a large community, only a small percentage have to purchase that for it to give us the revenue we need to run the business. Yes, that's what I know to be true and I just assumed for you. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. So basically, they have hundreds of thousands of people following them. $75 a person is not little. And it really adds up if even 1% of hundreds of thousands of people are purchasing. So that's why you guys are able to do what you're doing and give so much away for free. Now let's get into today's meat of the subject. I'm so glad we've touched on the Simple Green Smoothies background and your own story. But what I am so pumped about is here we are, the final guest episode of 2015, and we're talking about wrapping up the year. You have set out in 2015 to do something that I'm actually excited to do in 2016. So I kind of feel like you're handing the torch off to me, if you will. So will you mind sharing what you've been focusing on in 2015? Yeah, of course. This past year, I don't make resolutions because I've learned that I've let myself down a lot. But what I do is I kind of make a challenge. And this past year, I felt like I've reflected on how I've lived my life. And I realized that if something scared me, I tended to go away from it and stay in an area where I felt really comfortable and confident in what I could do. And so that meant for me personally that I was scared of public speaking. And so I've stayed out of the stage and the the limelight of the business and done a lot more behind the scenes or just been a part of photos and things like that. But as far as putting my face on camera or doing interviews, that was a space that I was really insecure and scared to do. Well, welcome to the show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so I just realized that I was missing out on opportunities because I was letting fear run aspects of my life. And so I set out to do things that scared me until I wasn't scared anymore. Public speaking is one of them. And also, I'm deathly afraid of heights. I can fly in airplanes. That doesn't scare me. But I dream about being like on the edge of a cliff. And that makes me want to cry. There's always these beautiful photos on Instagram of people like standing on this ledge that drops off over this giant cliff. And it's so beautiful, but I am about to throw up. It hurts my stomach. And I'm like, how are people standing there? And so I've just wanted to get over this because I have little kids and my son is fearless and my daughter is too. And I want to be there for them to do things that like they're not going to see me as a scared mom. (laughs) That's the two things that have scared me this year that I set out this year to just not have control me anymore and stop me from doing what is best. Okay. So how have you done the height challenge? Okay. So the height one, let's see, what was the first thing? It started when Ryan and I went to Cancun for a conference. I think it was in March. It was during spring break and they were- (laughs) (laughs) I know, really. Mom's gone wild. (laughs) So we're in Cancun 
And we went to this resort. It was like an adventure resort. And they had zip lining and snorkeling. And they also had cliff jumping. And so before we even got there, our friends posted, hey, we should go to this place and do this. And I saw the picture of like cliff jumping. And I was like, I can't do that. There's no way. But I was thinking about it. And I was like, I'm missing out. All of these people who are commenting like, heck yeah, I'm in. I'm doing this. And I just realized that I was always that person that would stand on the sidelines and be like, I'm here cheering you on. I don't want to do that anymore. I wanted to have that same experience that they were having. So I told myself I was going to do it. I didn't know how, but I just said, you're doing it, Jen. Then I told Ryan I was doing it. So it wasn't just me that knew I was jumping. My husband knew too. Accountability. Yes, accountability. Then we get to Cancun. Our friends are talking about it. And I let them know I'm doing it as well. And so everyone was getting excited for me. We finally got to the place towards the end of the conference where it was at. It was beautiful. I think it's called the Maya Riviera area. Just gorgeous, like natural scenery. And I just love being outside. And so we did biking and then we're snorkeling and then it was cliff jumping time. And so we're going down this river in inner tubes and there's places where you get out, you park your inner tube and then you climb up these rocks and go over these bridges up to a high point and then jump off. You're like a lemming. And I'm just watching (laughs) people do this and they're all happy. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. But I was like, I'm doing it. So I walk up there and my legs are shaking. I'm like panting, like I can barely breathe. And Ryan went first. He's like, I'm just going to go show you what it's like. And I was like, okay, go for it. So he went and then I get up to the edge and they're like, don't look over. That's what the guy told me. That's like regulating this. He's like, don't look over the edge. I had to because I just have to know what's coming. So I looked over and then I walked away. I was like, oh, hell no, I am not doing this. (laughs) this This is crazy. Like it was, I think it was like 20 feet high and jumping into water. And I could see the rock jutted out a little halfway down. So I couldn't just fall off this ledge. Like I had to actually push my body off, like commit to jumping. Because I was like, maybe they could just push me or I could trip off. (laughs) So I, I went back and forth. Like I would run to the edge and then stop myself because my body just couldn't do it. And people were cheering for me. I started getting a whole crowd who was watching this girl who's scared crapless and they thought it was hilarious. But eventually they were like cheering me on because they realized like how hard I was trying and I wasn't giving up. Like I didn't just back out. I I stood up there and I fought with myself over and over in my head. It was frustrating. I was like, why can't you do this? You know, you're not going to die. Like you can do it. But it was really hard to actually commit to doing it. But eventually I did. And I didn't stand on the edge. I got far back and then I ran for it and jumped. And the moment I was in the air, all that fear stopped. Like it was gone instantly. And I realized that I was still alive, that I was falling into water and that it was so dang beautiful outside. I hit the water and I realized I was alive and I swam up and I was feeling okay. I was still a little, like I had a little pitter patter going on. Everyone cheered me on. But instead of getting back on the inner tube, I went up that cliff and did it again because I knew I was still scared. And I said, I'm not leaving here until I can do this without fear. And I did it three times right there. And by the third time I knew there was that this was okay, that I was going to survive and that it could actually be fun. And so three times of jumping, and then I felt confident and jumping off of cliffs. (laughs) That's awesome. Did that erase the fear of heights? Or is that just one aspect of your fear of heights? That was just one aspect of it. Another one was ziplining because that one requires like holding on to something, a long-term movement. 
which is a whole different level of fear of heights for me. And so we did a Simple Green Smoothies team retreat this past October in, where was it? Santa Rosa, California. And they let you zip line through the Redwood Forest. And they have a, I think it's like 2,000 foot long zip line. And they also have these bridges with holes on it that you have to walk across and not fall down because you're like, I think it's like 100 feet in the air because you're like doing this on top of Redwood trees. And so I was like, we're doing it. I'm scared, but we're going to go for it. It was just as scary. I had that same moment of standing up on the first zip line and seeing this tiny cord that was going from tree to tree, but I couldn't even see the other tree because it was so far away. And it was over this canyon that was hundreds of feet in the air. Like this was like, if I fall off, I am dead. There's no surviving this. And there's just this tiny rope holding me on. Jada went first. She zipped through it. Dan, another guy on our team did it. And I knew that like as a leader, as someone in our business, and just for me personally, like I needed to do this as hard and scary as it was. And so I sucked it in all those butterflies that were in my stomach telling me like, you don't have to do this. I said, screw it. And I grabbed onto the zip line and I let go and I flew across the redwoods and it was such an adrenaline rush and I loved it. It was something I would love to do again now. So it's definitely getting better with heights. (laughs) What have you learned from this year of challenge and doing things until they don't scare you anymore? Do you not ever feel fear or do you just you're able to act even though the fear is still there? I definitely have learned to acknowledge the fear in a bigger way. I used to try to ignore it or like push it out of my face or like run away from it. So now that I know that you can overcome these fears, they won't always be there. I feel like I can stand within them and take deep breaths and know that I wouldn't say it conquer it, but I can live with it and become a better person because of it and make them less important in my life. They're not going to shift what I really need to do. So with public speaking, I feel like that's really important for me. I always want to share my message with people. And when I'm sitting like on a couch with friends, it's so easy to talk. But the moment you put me on stage or with a microphone, I don't know what happens. Like, I don't even know half the words that I'm saying. And then I'll find myself actually stepping up, almost like levitating above myself and watching what I'm doing and criticizing everything that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. The ego is just like firing off. Yes. And so it's just so frustrating. And it stopped me from sharing my journey a lot. And I said, not anymore. And so now I'm doing more of this. (laughs) The first one was the worst. And that was actually John Lee Dumas. I was interviewed on his podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire. And I cried when I got off that interview. I felt like I had ruined it. I had done a horrible job. I was just not meant to do this, that I should give up. It was a really hard moment for me, but I gave myself space around it and said, you know what? That's the beginning. That's where I started. And now it's time to grow from that. And so just keep doing it more and more. And I've done a couple more now. And I'm also taking a course in public speaking to help me in a bigger way. So now that the fear isn't dominating each conversation I have or each presentation that I do, now I'm going to focus on how to get better as a communicator and tell my stories in a better way. I feel like there's always room for improvement. I'm actually getting a voice coach as well because this is my my jam, right? And I just yeah. want to be as good as possible. I want to use the full range of my voice, if you will. So I'm pretty excited about that new chapter for me, but it's not a fear. I'm just excited and love what I'm doing. I want to just get as good as possible so I can be as helpful as possible for those listening. But I have some other fears that I'm going to be facing in 2016 as well. 
I was listening to an episode of the School of Greatness podcast, and Lewis was talking about getting off the couch in this season of your life. He basically said to write down the top five fears you have and master the top three. And though I didn't think about all five per se, I did think of some things that would scare me and the idea of mastering them kind of in some sort of way, I think I always used to associate it with almost going to the strengths finders assessment and how it says, you know, go with your strengths, don't try to fix your weaknesses. That's definitely been a part of my rhetoric or my paradigm of life is focusing on strengths, but is that meaning that I'm focusing on things I'm not afraid of? And maybe there is room to grow in fears. They don't have to be strengths and they don't even, maybe that's not even a relevant tie that I was making in the past. So for me, the three that I'm focusing on in 2016 are writing a book, because that has been something that I've been working on for a while. And I'm just- That's awesome. I'm like excited. And I, I'm so passionate about the content that I have to share and the message of it, but the actual writing of it, as I've been focusing on speaking for the last two years now, has been a different skill set. I haven't been exercising as much, and I've never exercised it in the form of a book. So this is something that I'm I don't say like deathly afraid of like you were talking about with heights, but it's something that's been challenging to my ego. And then also dance has been something that kind of scares me. I'm, I've never saw myself as a great dancer. I blow it up in my head more than I'm actually bad, but I don't really feel a natural sense of rhythm or excitement with being led in a dance. Like that feels harder. <laughs> I don't even know. No, dance is a tough one. And then also traveling abroad for an extended period of time by myself is something I've never done. And I'm excited. I'm not having babies like I thought I would at this stage of my life. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, how can I use this opportunity and new adventure in my life to explore what life has to offer me given my current circumstances? And so that's what I'm thinking about for next year. Do you have ideas of where you want to travel first? Yeah. Way to go with accountability here, telling tens of (laughs) thousands of people. So here's my current plan, guys. You can hold me to this, but also like don't hold me to this if this doesn't end up working exactly as I plan perfectly. Right now I'm thinking about going to Italy and Ireland because they are my family ancestry and also to London and Paris. Paris because I got married there and I would love to go on my own before going back with a future partner. And then also London, I just have such a wonderful connection to London through books, videos, and YouTube vlogger friends of mine that are there and I just really wanna spend some time in London. So those are my four. They're not the most adventurous or exotic. It's very adventurous, Jess. Like, I feel like it's adventurous yes. for me, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So those are what I'm thinking. Are you going to backpack or Ooh. just how are you doing solo travel? <laughs> I don't even know. It's a great question. No, I will not have a backpack. I will have a suitcase. So I guess I will not be backpacking. I plan to work while I'm there, I think, for maybe a month or two. I'm really hoping to either sell or rent my current home by that point. So I'm not worried about my mortgage while I'm there. That would be nice. And I'm thinking about Airbnb while I'm there. So maybe setting up shop for like a week or two in each location. I don't even really know yet. I just know this kind of feels scary to me, not in a I am unsafe way, but just in a these are going to test me to have new skills and, and really exercise the muscles I haven't exercised before in this way. Well, in all the unknowns, that's the scariest part, I feel like, is when you don't have things planned out perfectly and you leave room for unknowns to happen. It's scary, but that's also when the most amazing things happen too. So you're saying don't fill it all in. Don't fill in all the blanks. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever done it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
By yourself? Uh, no, no, no. I did not. But I've taken leaps that were very scary for <laughs> me <laughs> without knowing what was going to actually happen on the other side of it. But still knowing in my gut that I needed to do it, you need to travel overseas and just being OK without knowing exactly how you're going to do it. But having a strong enough why you're doing it, that will keep you going and just remind you when times are hard that like maybe you won't connect with as many people as you hope to. But you'll remember like that's not what it was about. It was about me finding my inner strength. So for anyone else that wants to face their fears in 2016 along with me, do you have any tips for us? I love that you shared first write them down. Um, I think taking action like by writing something down is such a big step. A lot of times we stay in our head and float these ideas around but don't actually make them concrete. So writing them down does that and makes them a real thing, acknowledging these things through that. I also, let's see, a tip I have. Oh, I think the biggest one is to be okay if it doesn't go as planned because it never will. Whatever your goals are this year, um, as far as like things that you're scared of that you want to conquer, just know that how you want it to pan out is not going to happen, but it's going to be greater than that in so many ways. So just be willing and open for change as you're going along this journey of facing your fears and conquering them and enjoy the journey instead of the end result of hopefully conquering it. Did you have any situations that didn't go as planned that turned out even better? Yeah, every my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that, from the speaking or the heights in particular? Not yet. I don't think I'm there yet with this. Maybe this interview, maybe it's going to go better than I thought. <laughs> I think it's going wonderfully. So maybe this could be your, your turning point, if you will, or not even turning point, but just an example of that. So let's kind of move inward a little bit and think about what doubts or internal resistance you've been facing in your life lately besides the heights or the public speaking. The one that has been going on for the last month for me is, let's see, it was in, it was probably in August. I realized that I had not been running anymore and running is such a big part of my life. I love being outdoors and it always gives me the chance to think through things because when I'm at home, no matter what, even if I sat in a room by myself, as I try to like process things, I'll look around and be like, oh, I need a vacuum. Oh, like I didn't do laundry. Like something always gets in the way of my thoughts. But when I'm running, that's the time I actually have no distractions and everything comes out. And it's just so healing for me to go through that. But I'm not good at making time for it. So I signed up for a marathon and I figured if I'm going to run 26.2 miles, I have to train for it. And that means I have to run a lot. I need to run because it helps me in so many ways. And so that was something I set out to do. And I'm under one month away from marathon day, and I'm not where I should be with training. And for the last month, I've struggled with that. And I keep thinking in my head, like, this is not going to work. Like, you can't do this. You you have not trained. You're going to get hurt. You're not even going to finish this marathon. You're going to be miserable out there. So it got to a place where I, I actually went on the website and looked into backing out. And then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I did not sign up for this to be amazing and to finish it in record time. I signed up for this to, like, make running a priority again. And I'm not going to let the fact that I haven't trained properly stop me from doing it. And so I'm trying to get to a place of confidence in that. Um, but it is still a struggle of it's not looking how I wanted it to, but still being okay with the journey and where it's going to go. And also whatever happens race day is perfectly as it should be. Yes. 
That is hard for the ego to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And it is going to be hard. And that's the challenge of that day, I feel like is going to bring so much strength to me through it. Like I'm just going to come out in just a whole different way by the end of it because it's so mental. It's so physical. There's just so much going on when you run that far. And I'm excited to see what happens. So I'll let you know how I <laughs> do. So what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey? Be gentle with yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. I know we all want these big dreams and we paint this life that we want because there's so much about vision boards and dreaming about the future. But just be gentle on yourself if it doesn't work out the way you plan because it will not. And just letting you know that it could be even greater if you're willing to accept things the way they are and be thankful for them, but also always looking at ways to be a better version of yourself through it. Jen, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. I'm so grateful to have you here and to round out 2015 with you so that for anyone else that's thinking about facing their fears in 2016 or beyond, that they have your wisdom in the back of their minds cheering them on. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> and good luck with your goals. I will be keeping you accountable to face your fears. <laughs> and there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jen, thank you for coming on the show. To send Jen a message, you can do so on Instagram at two of her handles. You've obviously got at Simple Green Smoothies and at Jen Hansard. As for myself, you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at Jess C as in Christmas music, Lively. For show notes for today's episode, you can also find them over at JessLively.com slash Jen Hansard. And now before I share who's coming up next week on the show, I want to share a bit about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. As you guys know, I am obsessed with FreshBooks and find it is the most easy to use, simple, streamlined approach for my bookkeeping possible. If you are a small business owner or someone that needs to keep track of bookkeeping, I highly encourage you guys to check out FreshBooks and see what it's like. As I was telling my friend and accountant, Helena Sweeter, about this whole situation I was having with my previous accounting software. I hated using it and she recommended FreshBooks. And once I checked it out and I logged in, I put my logo into the site and the site automatically changed all of their colors and almost in a way sort of their branding by the colors looking like my website. I suddenly felt like it was home. I love going into it every day. Things are streamlined like crazy. My invoicing through PayPal is a snap and I have been using it for three years going on three years now, and I'm obsessed. I have no plans of ever changing. I think it is so worth it to know that you A, enjoy it, and that it's keeping track of things so automatically for you as well. And now for a sneak peek. Next week on the show, I'm going to be sharing the 10 Lively Show episodes of 2015 that changed my life the most. Obviously, The Lively Show has been changing my life in many, many ways, and I've heard the same from other listeners as well. Next week on the show, I'll be sharing which of the top 10 of this year have really changed my life and how. It'll be a great recap for anyone who has listened to all of those episodes to remind them of the episodes they may want to revisit over the next few weeks. Or for anyone newer to the show, it'll be a great introduction to a lot of amazing episodes that you may have missed in the last few months that have aired maybe in January or February, but are so incredible. I love the archive of The Lively Show, and I'm so proud of all of the wonderful episodes and guests we've had on, and I can't wait to do a little walk down memory lane in this episode next week. 
Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today.